are listening to Motivating from the Six. When they don't believe in you, you believe in you. An interview with motivational speaker Jeff Smith. I'm excited about this one, guys. Let's go! This is a podcast that is intended to inspire you, to motivate you, to have you stand up where you are and just make a 180 and turn and make your life as great as you're able to make it while you are on this earth. I am Jeff Martin of jeffadmartin.com. I'm excited about today's episode, guys. But before we get into all that, I just got to say my usual thank yous. I thank you for those of you who have downloaded these episodes, who have clicked play, who have allowed me to bless you for a brief moment, whether it be in your cars, whether it be while you're on that treadmill, while you are just relaxing on that bus, whatever it is that you're doing. Thank you for allowing me just to come into your home, come into your ears, come into your thoughts and just you know have you grow as I grow as well. So I appreciate all of you. And I'm gonna ask you as I usually do to please do me a favor, go and leave that five star rating if you can, leave a review. The reason why I ask is because when you leave a review, it gives the show more exposure on the podcast uh, forum that you might listen to this on. It gives it more exposure, allowing more people to see it, allowing more people to hear it, and allowing more people to to when they listen to it, to just change your life. So I'm gonna ask you, please, if you haven't already done so, do me a favor, this one favor I ask you, and leave a review if you can do that for me. So I'm so excited since I've been doing these podcasts, as you heard, this is episode 18. And since I've been doing these podcasts, I have been uh, showing them on social media, mostly on Instagram, Facebook as well. And I've been meeting some really interesting people along the way. I've been meeting a lot of like-minded people who are looking just to grow and expand everything that they're doing in their life. I've met a lot of people who are in the same realm and doing a lot of personal development and putting themselves out there. I've also come into a lot of leaders and a lot of speakers, and it's just been excellent. So using social media has been amazing for me because I'm finding like-minded people. The gentleman I have on today's episode, that's exactly how I found him, through social media. Jess Smith is a great speaker. He's a great leader in the California area. When you go on social media and you see the things he's doing and what he's speaking about, it's really uplifting. And so I had to reach out to him and just tell him, you know, I appreciate the work that he's doing and asked him if he was willing to be on the show. And it's just funny how I was able to do that and now we have flourished a friendship. And so I had to get him on the show. I love what he's doing. I love the work that he's doing out there with the youth and with young people. And he's just doing what he can to change their thinking, to show them that there are great things that they're able to achieve in their life. So I'm not gonna take too much time. Let's just dive right into this interview with motivational speaker, Jeff Smith. So please welcome Jeff Smith to the show. What up, what up? How y'all doing? Good, man. No complaints, man. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, man, I appreciate you guys having me, man. Oh, fantastic, man. All right, so Jeff Smith, I know you are a part of a a bigger uh, push into this world that I'm a part of as well, and that's involving personal development and just trying to better people around the world. Tell me a little bit about the stuff that you're doing. 
So, uh, first and foremost, um, I am a youth pastor before, you know, the motivational speaking and all that other stuff. And, uh, well, let me backtrack just a little bit. I am a husband first, a father. There you go. Then I'm a pastor. And then everything else follows up behind that. So, um, you know, like it started out, um, I was a janitor at my church and, um, they just seen the work ethic in me. Um, I was a janitor for three years and then, um, they offered me a middle school position, um, as the middle school director, which moved from middle school director to middle school minister to middle school pastor, um, for four years. And, um, you know, like, but during that process, um, was heavy into like six different schools, uh, junior high and high school. Um, and just had a tremendous impact there and just realized that, um, this is where I wanted to be. And so, um, I've been just heavy in schools. I actually had a meeting with the principal yesterday with connecting with this new up and coming school year, uh, what it's going to look like, what we're going to plan out for the students coming up. Um, and then, you know, and then I'm a part of a really, really dope nonprofit organization called Rescue a Generation. Uh, what we do is, is we go into public schools and we tell the public schools, uh, whether it's the vice principal, the dean of discipline, which I just barely found out that even existed. I thought okay. that's what the principals and vice principals were for. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, they, we go to them and we say, you know, we want all of your at-risk students, the students that are getting suspended, um, the ones that are getting constant detentions. We want we want you guys to bring them in for an assembly. Let us just wreck their lives. And then you and then if you love what we do, we can come back and do a 10 week course. And it's called a success club. And we just really just train their minds on what true success looks like. Not what the, the TV says, not what social media says, but what actual success looks like and how to grab it and grab your destiny and your purpose here on Earth. And um, and we just get to do life with these students, man. And uh, the cool thing about it all, um, while we're doing life with the students, we're also doing life with the teachers. And, you know, like teachers can get mundane. Teachers can get comfortable in what they do and just simply just say, hey, you know, like they don't want it. When in all actuality, it's like, no, they want it. You just need to change. You just need to change the strategic way that you're doing it. You've been teaching since 1999 it's 2017 you can't teach the same way in 99 and 2017 so let's you know not just change these students but let's also change these teachers and so um you know just creating a really good rapport with like the the students the teachers the staff the faculty and you know just really trying to just create change in our local community to where it creates such a buzz that it's like, man, we, we need to know what you guys are doing in other states and other countries um, to just really just say, you know what, like we are here to really rescue this generation because they need it now more than ever before. So absolutely, absolutely. And it's funny, you touched on teachers. And I think that, you know, when it comes to teachers, they have such an important role. They're definitely underestimated. You know, a teacher has the biggest impact on students, even more than parents half the time, because they spend so much time with these students. And I really do believe like a, a good teacher can be the difference between a child falling into poverty 
or uh, moving into wealth, a child moving into a career of success or falling by the wayside. It really falls in the responsibility in the realm of the teacher. I know there's a lot of pressure on that teacher, but I, I don't know if you if you have any any points in regards to that. Oh, absolutely. Um, I can give you a perfect example of a teacher that actually had like she was the first teacher to actually have some type of an effect on me. And she was just a substitute for a week. It wasn't even like my main teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, She was a substitute teacher. She um, she was from New York and she came in and, you know, she's doing the normal roll call like, you know, Eric, John, Jackie, whatever. And she's like, uh, Jeff Smith. And I said, yeah, that's me. She was like, yeah, if just for some reason we just had to connect. I don't know if it was always because, like, I love just the New York swag. Um, I'm a big hip-hop head, so I loved everything about New York back then. Um, I was big Wu-Tang Nas fan. And so, <laughs> um, so she was like, yo, what up, Smitty? And what was funny, <laughs> I had only heard one other person say that nickname and it was my dad's best friend that he was growing up with since kindergarten and so i only heard one other person use that that nickname for our last name and it was smitty and so like we just off top had to connect she was like what up smitty how you doing today and i was like oh i'm cool she was like all right son i was like i be and it was like (laughs) we just looked cool and um it was a summer school class actually too and she came like uh, I was actually, I had a D in the class, and it was a math class, and I remember it was like a Wednesday, and she pulled me outside, she said, hey, like, what's good? And I was like, what, what's going on? She said, I thought we were cool, and I said, we are, what's up? She was like, if we cool, then why you got a D in my class? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, man, like, I was like, you know, I just, I'm not good at math, like, it's not my strong suit. She was like, she was like, it's not that it's not your strong suit, Jeff. She was like, you just don't put enough effort into it. She was like, some things you have to put extra effort into. She was like, stop saying you're not good at it. She was like, you can be good at whatever you want. She was like, there's just some things you got to put extra effort into. But right. she was like, never say that you can't do it or it's too hard for you. She was like, it's just more effort that needs to be put into it. And she was like, listen, even though I'm only here for this week, she was like, if you don't pull this grade up, I failed. Wow. And that was the that was the first time I ever heard a teacher take the grunt of like some a student failing on their shoulders because normally it was like either you want it or you don't like ah uh, you just don't want it but it was literally her saying like no like if you failed it means that I didn't care enough it means that I didn't I didn't take enough time it mean like she was like am I messing up and I'm like nah like you're dope and she was like clearly I'm not dope enough because like you, you still have a D in this class. Wow. And she was like, you should, she was like, it should at least be a a strong C. Mm. She was like, you're almost at an F bro. Like what's up? And she was like, listen, even though I'm only going to be in this class for a week, she was like, I'll be at another school next week. She was like, but here's my email. She was like, email me if you need help. Like she was like, I'm not okay with somebody that I really feel like you have greatness in you. And I don't want to see you fail. She was like, because I feel like I didn't have any impact on you in the one week. She was like, if I have you for a week, I should see some type of transformation. You should not be the same or be doing worse. Wow. She was like, a week is a long. She was like, Jeff, understand this. She was like, if you were a child, if you were two years old and you were trying to be potty trained, if you were with me for a week, she was like, 
there should be some type of progress right. if you stayed with me for a week in that potty training. She was like, it's the same thing in this math class. I should see some type of progress within this week because I'm doing the consistent thing of being on your helmet. And she was like, if I can't, if I'm not seeing that, she was like, I'm not doing something right. Wow. So she and invested time into you. She she made you feel important. She took the time out of her, her day, out of her curriculum to reach out to you and let you feel like you matter. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm saying this is in the middle of class. Like we were in the middle of doing work. Like it wasn't like, hey, can I see you after class? It was like, come here real quick. Like, what's up? Like this, it was urgent to her. Wow. Wow. And that was the first time I had ever seen a teacher see greatness in me. I had another teacher, Mr. Robeson, but he was more so like, uh, you're just better than that. And that's all it pretty much was. Like, it was never like, come see me. I want to invest in you. Da -da -da -da. It was just like, man, you're better than that. Stop acting like that. And then mm. that was it. Wow. Like, but I'm saying like, she like, not only did she give it to me. But she like she uplifted me. She encouraged me. And she was like and did the above and beyond and say, listen, like I will help you throughout this high school career. And every so often she would come back and substitute throughout the year. She'd be like, what? And, I, and if I ever heard what up, Smitty, I knew exactly who it was. And I had that connection to to her because it was like, listen, like this is somebody outside of my parents that actually like care. Right. Absolutely. And I've heard that saying before. I heard that's what it takes. At least one person outside of your circle, your parents or whoever it is that you you might be living with, residing with to take one extra person to love you to actually have you succeed. I've heard that stat before. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So this is the thing you um, going back a couple of podcasts ago, I spoke about Hussein Bolt, right? Great sprinter. Mm -hmm. And one of the quotes he talked about was, you know, you got to use both the positive and the negative things that are said to you and use them as fuel, right? Positive things. Is, is, that's pretty obvious, right? Someone says, you know, keep up the good work. You're doing a great job. We're going to use that as fuel. But it's important for us to take the negative stuff as well and to turn it around and to almost prove those people wrong. Now, you just talked about this teacher who gave you the positive side that definitely pushed you but you told me a story about mr sullivan that yeah. was the exact opposite <laughs> but it had the same effect in terms of pushing you tell me about mr sullivan so mr sullivan he was my english teacher um he was an english teacher and he was also a weightlifting coach so he was actually a pretty big guy uh, so with mr sullivan me and him we just for some reason we just always bumped heads um, but it was never like, I never disrespected him in any type of way, but for some reason he just, he didn't see it in me. And, um, I'll never forget. We were just in the class one day and wasn't any recklessness going on or anything. I think maybe I was talking or something. And he said, you know, Jeff, I would really be surprised if you graduate high school. Mm. And I remember just looking at him. And I laughed and I said, you don't, you obviously don't know who I am. Like that, number one, that's not, a, that for me, it was like, that's not even an option in my house. If I don't graduate, my mom's going to cut my neck off. Like, what do you mean? But it was like to him, he was like, all Jeff wants to do is just goof off and talk to girls. Like he's, he's just going to be another goof off kid that won't graduate high school will maybe get his GED when he's in his twenties. Like he just didn't see wow. anything in me. And so 
He said, I would be surprised if you graduate high school because like you, you just don't, you don't want it, Jeff. Like, and I said, you don't know me. Like, you don't know what's inside of me. And he said, Jeff, I'd be surprised. And I remember saying, all right, cool. I graduated a couple of days early and um, at our school, we got these little blue cards that showed that we graduated. They laminated. And um, I went to I went straight to his class and I said, you sh- you're surprised, huh? And he laughed and he said, nah, he was like, it's not like you're really going to do nothing with it. Like, wow. he was like, Jeff, you'll be in like I'll never. He said, you'll be average at best. Mm. He was like, I've been teaching for a long time. And I said, how many times have you been wrong? And he was like, I'm, he was like, it's very few and in between when I'm wrong. He was like, I've been doing this for so many years. I said, I'll be the, I'll be the one that you're like, dang, like I missed that one by a mile. Wow. And I've always wanted to run into Mr. Sullivan and just tell him, thank you for being that drive to let me understand. Like, even when I wanted to stop, when I wanted to quit, when I just wanted to say, nah, I can't do this anymore. Like, I always thought about him sitting in that chair leaning back and saying like you'll be average at best wow that is crazy you know there's words are so powerful especially when they're coming from somebody of some type of an authority so a teacher um you know a parent someone who has you know some type of level over you say as a student I had a very similar story for me. I had a guidance counselor who had told me in a roundabout way. I went to sit down with him and and talk to him about what I was going to do after high school. And he took a look at my marks and without even blinking an eye, he turned around and told me that he didn't think I was smart enough to go to college. And yeah, and it was unfortunate that that was his thinking. The sad thing was, is at that time, I didn't know better. And so I believed him. I believed what he said. I didn't walk out of his office upset. I walked out of his office thinking, well, maybe he's correct. And it took me some time to come around. But, you know, despite him saying that to me, I was able to turn it around and use it to, as fuel. And I've graduated at least three times now. And I'm, you know, looking to, to see if maybe I'm going to go back to school eventually as well. But, you know, I was able to turn that around. So, Again, you talk about your Mr. Sullivan. I've had my Mr. Sullivan as well. And there's a lot of Mr. Sullivans that are out there who are, you know, the words are just, they're, they're negative. But we need to use those those type of words to turn things around and use it to fuel us to go forward. Absolutely. Yeah, that which is which is amazing. So we're talking about school right now, and I believe I'm not mistaken. You know what? Let me step back a little bit. I didn't say exactly where you're from. So you are from Ontario, California. Yes, sir. And that's how far is that from, say, L.A.? Well, okay. So there is Ontario, California. Then you have Rancho. Then you have Fontana and then Rialto. I grew up in Rialto, California, which is like the brim of San Bernardino. Okay. Um, San Bernardino is the biggest county in the United States, and they are bankrupt right now. Wow. Um, and the way we grew up, it was Rialto was like that borderline kind of like hood, but it was like, nah, we still got good parts. And then it was like, don't go to San Bernardino. It was kind of like that uh, when Mufasa is talking to Simba and he's like, Dad, what's that in the shadows? He's like, we don't go into the shadows. Like, <laughs> like 
that's what San Bernardino <laughs> was to us. It was like, we don't go over there. Like, there's nothing for us right. in San Bernardino. And so, uh, okay. <laughs> like, I was right at that brim of, like, Rialto, San Bernardino-ish. And um, now I live in Ontario, which is further west. Um, it's about 45 minutes away from um, downtown Los Angeles. Um, and we... We are definitely a lot slower. It's more of a suburb to compare to uh, downtown Los Angeles. Downtown Los Angeles is a fast city. Um, so much going on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Like, there's there's really no, like, the only other place that prob- that is a lot more alive than L.A. is New York. Okay, so there's a couple of uh, uh, things that I see here, some obvious um, connections we have here. So you are in Ontario, California, and I am in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, first and foremost, <laughs> right. right? And then the second <laughs> obvious one, you are Jeff Smith, I am Jeff Martin, right? So, right. <laughs> so there we go. So, so I bring that up because you are in California, and if I'm not mistaken, I think school has already started for you all. And yeah. uh, school is going to start after the long weekend in September for us. So yeah. speaking to you before, I know that you were involved in schools and, again, being that youth pastor. Why is it important for you to pour into these youth? Why do you think it's it's necessary? You know, we talked about the, the positive influences that teachers have. We've talked about the Mr. Sullivan's of the world, so to speak. And then you have you. You have you, someone like you, and, and me as well, because I do a lot of work in the schools. But you have someone like yourself who is not a teacher. You don't have to be in the schools, but you choose to be there. Why are you doing that? Why are you pouring and putting time into these students? One is because I, when whenever I was in the pulpit, I always began with, I love you with everything within my being. If I didn't, I wouldn't be up here speaking to you. Mm-hmm. And I would always end with, I love you with everything within my being. If nobody's ever told you they love you, they appreciate you, they believe in you, you're a champion, I am telling you, I believe in you. Um, and it was like, and I would see some of them be like, ah, that's cool, I've never heard anybody really tell me that, but you're just saying it in a broad, but you're supposed to say that. All right, cool. I'll tell you on Tuesday. I'll tell you on Wednesday. I'll tell you on Thursday. I'll tell you on Friday. Like, wait, why are you here? Why are you at my track meet? Why are you at my soccer game? Why are you at my volleyball game? Like, because I told you I love you. Love conquers all. Love is willing to move a mountain to make sure that you understand how much I love you. So because I've already said that and because I've already put that standard up, you don't know what consistency is. So let me show you what consistent love looks like. Mm. That's the biggest thing that we're running into with these students. And, and from from elementary school, even to college, um, one of my friends, she actually posted something on Facebook a couple of days ago. And she said, describe your relationship in three words, um, what you and your father's relationship is like. The most consistent negative thing that I heard was either inconsistent or non-existent and i was like wow and these are coming from adults wow 25 30 40 years old like inconsistent non-existent up and down fickle and i'm just like wow no wonder these students are the depression rate is so high now because the reality is is every student yearns for that father that that father in their life 
Mm. And granted, I'm not trying to be your dad, but I, I won't. I will never give you an excuse to say I've, I've never had a strong male figure in my life. Right. I've right. never seen what consistency looks like. I've never had somebody to just like cheer me on and say like, man, I believe in you. Yeah, you have. Like, if I can do it, I'll do everything within my being to do that. And you know, so, like, ahead. my heart, my heart to want to um, show them that there are consistent male figures out there um, <clears throat> is everything to me. Um, and then just like, another thing, like, just a, a male minority is so hard in in this demographic that I'm dealing with, like, minority men are either working too much or they're just non-existent mm. and it's it's getting difficult when you're trying to mentor a kid and you're trying to break these walls down because their biological father is so fickle and up and down and oh yeah i'm gonna pick you up this weekend oh man you know i gotta work this weekend babe i'm sorry wow. like that that's something that we're just we're like me and the rest of the team of rescue generation we're running across that all the time and it's just, it is just the minorities that are just suffering the most when it comes to that and it just sucks so we just were like man if i if i can get you past the disneyland let's do it like i'm gonna do whatever it takes to make sure that you like i want it to be easy for you to succeed and hard for you to fail mm, i love that i love that I, I think more of us need to step up and take that role you know, everybody goes through their turmoils, their their fights, their walks in life. And, you know, everybody finds their way whenever they find their way. But the way I kind of see it is while you are finding your way, you're still able to teach the things that you've been through. And so even though for me personally, I'm still walking my path, my path will never end uh, while I'm still here on this earth because there's always more to learn. There's so much that I've learned already that I can share. And so I'm going to take up that responsibility. And, you know, there's a hashtag I came across maybe about a year, year and a half, two years ago called I will lead hashtag I will lead. And I think it speaks volumes because we do need to have more leaders. Yeah. We, we do need to have more people who are are willing to step up and take on that role. So when you speak about that and saying, you know, when a, a young man comes to you and says, you know, I don't have that male figure for you to step up and say, I will be that figure for you. I will take that role on. If you want to use me as a model, you can use me as a model. That's fantastic. That's what we need to see more of. And it is, it's just interesting because um, when you look like I'm big on just like, just history and when you look at the men of the 50s the 60s and even the 70s um they were trying to unite the the city they were trying to unite their unite their community they were trying to unite like just everything that was within their reach it was like listen we're gonna do life together i'm mm -hmm. tired of this segregation i'm tired of us not being involved like listen it's a village so this entire block, we're going to rock hard together and we're going we're going to do this right. And once all of these old leaders have gotten old or have passed away or have had to be moved to other countries, things kind of just fell at the wayside. And now we're in a place where it's like, who's going to be the next leader? Who's going to be that next person to stand up and say, like, OK, guys, like 
we need to get this right. Like, I'm tired of just, oh, this one person stands up for a second and then they, they kind of just dwindle out because they're afraid of, you know, the scrutiny that they're going to come across. Like, mm-hmm. the the skin isn't as thick as it used to be anymore. Um, you're bold for a second. And then as soon as somebody talks bad about you or as soon as somebody threatens to take money away from you, you're like, oh, well, you know what? I don't, ah, you know, I got to eat. I got to eat. And it's like, well, if trust me when I tell you, if you stay consistent, the people will make sure that you're taken care of as long as you take care of the people. Mm, mm, amazing. I love that. Now, just to change the tone a little bit, uh, it, for those of you who don't know, Jeff Smith, you can look him up all over the place. And I'll have Jeff uh, say all the places you can find him on social media. But one of the places I could find you is on YouTube. And on one of your YouTube videos, you talk about live full, die empty, which I believe is a, a quote from one of the greatest speakers that I've heard, Les Brown. Yes. And in your video, you're talking about living full and dying empty. What does that mean to you? So. Every person is born with gifts, talents, um, purpose, destiny. Um, And I truly believe that, like, God gives us pockets full of these things, whether it be prayers that you need to pray, whether it be be to do a good deed for somebody, um, whatever your gift is, um, like, your pockets are full. So every time you wake up, you should be saying, okay, God, like, what is it that's in my pocket that I need to get rid of today? Hmm. Like, I, I love one, one of my favorite motivational speakers right now outside of Eric Thomas is Inky Johnson. And Inky Johnson Ooh, has Inky, this thing. Inky's bad. He has this thing that he does every day, and it's called Empty the Bucket. And his Empty the Bucket is his goals and, and things that he wants to complete throughout, like, the day or the week or whatever. And he says, if the bucket is not empty, then you continuously pile up until you empty that bucket. And he's like, I always empty my bucket because when you empty your bucket, you you end up going home exhausted, but not exhausted to where you're stressed, but exhausted to where you're like, I'm fulfilled. Mm. It's that fulfilling of being able to say, ah, today was a good day because I accomplished what I was supposed to do today. But when you're sitting, when you're exhausted and you're like, man, I still have to do this. I still got to accomplish this. Well, what were you doing throughout your day? And that's what the living full and dying empty is to me is God has given us so many gifts and talents. But so many people hold on to these gifts and talents because they think somebody's trying to take it from them. Somebody's trying to use them. Even if somebody is using you for your talents, you've blessed somebody along the way, whether it's a whether you planted a seed, whether you have um, whether you have uh, uh, like changed somebody's heart or even the person that used you. They will always remember what you did for them. And at some point in time, that guilt that those those hot coals will be put on their head that they have to come back at some point and say, man. I messed up that relationship and I wish I could do something different. So the next person I get into contact with, I'll make sure to do right by that person. Mm. Why? Because you did what you were supposed to do with your gift and your talent. You learn even when you get burned. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely true. 
We, we all have gifts. We all have talents. Whether you want to recognize it or not, we all have the ability to create. We all have the ability to learn, to, to grow, to change the world. Yeah, absolutely. But it really comes up, it comes down to us um, realizing that and then having the ability, be able to walk through fear, uh, walk through criticism and just go out there and produce. Right. Fantastic. So you touched earlier on your parents and you told me a, a story that I love. It just it, it, it was really inspiring. You talked about your father and your father going back to school and something he said to you. I, I want you to put this out there to, you know, the fathers out there who, you know, are doing what they can for their kids. And, you know, sometimes they're running into struggles. Sometimes they're running into, you know, different issues. Your father was out there and he was, I believe he went back to school. And there's something he said to you. Kind of take me through that story. Um, okay. So uh, my dad, he actually had two jobs. He was a, uh, he was working at two group homes. And um, it was just one late night. I was actually, uh, I was asleep. I woke up, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night, you're thirsty. Um, and I, I walk past their door, um, and my mom is asleep. My dad is wide awake. I see all these books and papers in front of him. So I'm like, I'm like, okay, whatever. Walk past, get my drink or water or whatever it was that I had something to drink of, and then walk back and I said, hey, dad, what are you doing? He said, I'm studying. And I said, studying for what? And I'm expecting him to say, oh, for this math test, this English history, this social work class or psychological, whatever. He said, oh, I'm studying for you. And at that time, I was about eight, nine years old. So I'm like, not studying for me. I, I don't have to do that. Like, that ain't got nothing to do with me. <laughs> not realizing what he was telling me was, I'm not studying to get the, I mean, I'm studying to get the knowledge for me to get the degree, but I'm not worried about the degree. I'm setting a standard for you so you can see it yourself and say like, you know, if my dad can do it, he had two jobs, he had two kids and a wife, he can do it. Why can't I like my dad set this standard and I remember him saying the reason like the two reasons why he went back. He said the main reason I went back was I wanted to say if I get a degree, then all of my sons have to say, you know, what? if my dad got a degree, I got to get a degree. Mm. Like that's the standard. Like if my dad gets one, I'm getting a degree, too. Like that's just that's just tradition in our home. We're, we're like everybody gets a degree. Whether it's it doesn't have to be in what he got, but we all need to get a degree because we're trying to do something excellent in this world. Even if we get a degree and we don't even use that degree, it's still good to say, you know, I have this accomplishment and nobody can take that from me. Mm -hmm. And so that was something that for him, he was like, I have to do this. And then my dad has always wanted to take us, take his household to the next level. Um, he's always said, you know, like, being mediocre and mundane is not acceptable. Um, we we are all called to be great. And, you know, we're called to own things, not to borrow. And so my dad was very, very big on just hard work and getting, getting what you desire. Like, if you desire that, then go for it. You got the ability to do it. You just have to be creative and you have to be strategic and consistent in it. And it will come to pass. But you've got to just plow through the hard times, the tough times to say, hey, you know, like to be able to look back at your kid and say, that's why I'm doing it. This ain't got nothing to do with me. It's bigger than me. Oh, man. Wow. That's fantastic. That, yeah. that's, that's really good. 
what are you working on now? What do you have going on? What are you producing right now? So right now, um, I'm finishing the final touches of my book. Um, It will be called No Cheat Codes. Um, Mm. The whole, it's funny how the book came about. Um, One of my mentors, uh, Kendall Ficklin, like, he, he told me, he said, Jeff, you have books in you. You just don't know yet. Mm. I'm, a, I'm not a good writer. I'm a great storyteller. I can I got stories for days, but like I can preach. I can teach. I can motivate. But I was like, I, I'm not a good writer. Like and I've always I always realized that when I was in English class where my English teacher would always be like, Jeff, you have some of the greatest ideas and you can create some of the greatest stories. Why can't you put that on paper? And I used to always look at him like, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's weird. Like, I like it's hard for me to articulate it on paper. But when I say it, it's like, it just flows like water. And like, so I had to have my wife kind of help me, guide me through that whole process. She's a beast at that stuff. Okay. And so um, as I was talking with one of my buddies, we were just talking about old school stuff, 80s, 90s stuff. And I was like, man. Remember when we used to play Mortal Kombat? Do you still remember the blood code? He was like, nah. And I remembered it. It was so funny. Mm. And I said, do you remember the cheat code to this? And he was like, I think so. And then he started saying it. And I said, that's so crazy that we can remember (laughs) the cheat code (laughs) to a video game. But our wives are asking us to do something that they asked us to do last week. We're like, did she ask me to do that? Was Uh-oh. it eggs? Uh-oh. <laughs> or, or was it milk? What was it then? It had to do with dairy, wasn't it? Or was it cheese? I'm not sure. <laughs> like, but we can remember some of the silliest things that are so irrelevant. <clears throat> and yeah. I started talking to my friend just about, like, the cheat codes. And after a while, as we were talking, I said, man, it's interesting how when we started when we would do the cheat codes, we'd be so hyped. We'd go to 7-Eleven, we'd go to Stater Brothers, go get these magazines, read the magazine, memorize the, the cheat code. Mm-hmm. And as we memorize the cheat code, uh, what we would do is, or we would like, we would low key kind of like cheat. We would bring a piece of paper, write down the cheat code so we didn't have to buy the magazine <laughs> <laughs> and run back to the house. And then put the cheat code in and we will be so hyped just to do this cheat code. Well, as we did the cheat code, you're excited because now you're invincible. You can hit somebody and they, they get knocked out in one punch or right. you can fly or disappear. Whatever it was with the cheat code. But after you conquered it, you got rid of the you got rid of it. You mm-hmm. stopped wanting to play it. It wasn't it wasn't interesting to you anymore. It wasn't excited. It wasn't even gratifying. After you beat it, you weren't as excited as you thought you were gonna be, because you didn't have to do. You didn't have to put the work in. Mm. All you had to do was just do one punch, and that was it. Mm. All you had to do was just fly and disappear, and then that's how you won the game. You can skip a couple of levels. You don't have to beat certain like levels that that are difficult. Mm-hmm. To compare to when you actually like played the video game, and it took you maybe six, seven months to actually beat the video game. And you were like, man, I'm a beast. Why? Right. Because you went through the process. Right. And as I started like talking to my boy about it, I said, oh, shoot. And he said, what? I said, I think I got my, my, my first book. Mm. And he said, why? And I said, we, we as the beginning, like, I'm that kind of 
beginning ending part of the millennial stage that I really hate to admit sometimes. Um, but we pretty much started. Let's see how easy we can make life be to where we get so lazy that we don't even want to go through the process anymore that we quit really quick. And I've noticed that we use the video game process. It started, it all started out with a video game. And then it trickled on into our lives. Now we see it on our phones. Now we see it on apps. Now we see it on like, oh, all you got to do is type this in. And now you don't have to go over here. Like, it's even to the point to where you don't even have to go out and eat anymore. You just have somebody deliver. You have Uber right. Eats now. Yeah, yeah. And the sad part about it is because I do Ubering on the side. I've had to do Uber Eats, and it's literally people that are right up the street. <laughs> wow. It's, it's it's almost sad. Like, I picked up somebody's stuff one time, and it was literally driving distance was one minute. Walking distance would have took them five minutes to get there, five minutes to get back. Wow. And I was just like, wow. we're We've come to a place where... We will even cheat for our health. Hmm. And so now I'm working on this book to where let's stop cheating in our life. Let's trust the process. Just trust the process. Be great. Be grateful through the process. Stop. Stop whining and praying to God to get rid of this process. Right. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. When do you plan on having that book coming out? So, like I said, I'm finishing up the pro the, the final editing. Um, I'm actually going to send it in um, on Monday for uh, to just double check, make sure everything is okay, looks good. Um, I already have my book cover ready. Um, I'm praying that I can actually have everything printed out and done by my wife's birthday, which is September 3rd. Oh, beautiful. That's amazing. Yeah. That's around That's around the corner. Yeah, yeah. Amazing, so, amazing. Yeah. That's fantastic, fantastic. All right, Smitty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell everybody where they could find you. Um, you can find me Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. It's Jeff Smith Speaks. Um, and I will be having, I just revamped my, um, my website. It is jeffsmithspeaks.org. Um, I, we're going to actually relaunch it tomorrow morning. Super excited about that. Perfect. Um, worked really hard on that. We're just getting the little kinks out today. Um, and we'll be having T-shirts up, hats, and hopefully, perfectly, we'll be able to have the book in in the next couple of weeks as well. So, uh, yeah, everything Jeff Smith Speaks. Oh, that's fantastic. That that's 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 incredible. Now, Jeff, real quick, I'm gonna end the show. I'm gonna do I'm gonna allow you to end the show. And so at the end of each podcast, I kinda do like a little nugget, so to speak. So picture yourself with one minute, picture yourself standing in front of students and you wanna give them a powerful message and you have a minute to do so. Go ahead. I need everybody to close their eyes right now. And I want you to envision a place, something that you've tasted, a sound, your favorite song, anything that brings back a memory, even a smell. Think of a smell right now that the first thing that pops into your mind, 
what is the what is the smell that you smell right now that's like man that took me back to the time when I was hanging out with my buddies and we were at in and out that was such a great night after the football game the reason why I bring up that memory moment what do you want people when they see you what's the memory that you're going to leave with them for the rest of their life what kind of impact are you going to have on them what's the fragrance that you're going to leave with them because the bible says are you a, you're going to be a sweet aroma to the father's not the father's nose right so what's the aroma that you're going to leave behind with your friends see because the reality is is people don't care about what you say they don't care about what you talk about they care about how you make them feel and so when you are at your school and when you're in there and you're saying like, today's gonna be a good day. The reason why it's gonna be a good day today because you're gonna create an amazing memory, not for yourself, but for somebody else. Whether it's to get out of your comfort zone and say, listen, I'm gonna talk to that kid that is nothing like me. They don't look like me, they don't talk like me, they don't move like me, but I'm gonna get out of my comfort zone because they need somebody to believe in them and they need that memory to say you know what I'll always remember this one time where Jeff came to me and he just said hi how was your day going I see that you sit here by yourself every single day I want to make sure that you're okay let's do life together I know we don't look alike but that's okay that's what makes this friendship so unique that's what makes this relationship so unique so when you walk away and you graduate from high school, you graduate from college, when your name is mentioned, people should say, man, that's a great woman or man that just had great character and integrity. They had great impact on my life. You never want people to say, oh, that's the person you hang out with? Because that means that she had a negative impact and not a positive impact. Let's make great memories today, guys. Woo, that was powerful. And there's nothing else left to say. I will see you at the top of the next episode. Peace.